Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. On Wednesday, it was revealed that Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, have decided to sue the Mail on Sunday. The father was furious about her basically semi-authorising this People magazine piece in America, which criticised him. He viewed it as putting the record straight. Is he not entitled to do that? I mean, you can blame the media all you like, but actually it was her dad. In a statement, Harry says he fears history is repeating itself, with his wife becoming one of the latest victims of the British tabloid press, something his mother, the late Princess Diana, knew all too well. But how do these newspapers, magazines and websites get away with printing the things they do? How complicit in the stories are the celebrities themselves? And why don't more of them sue? We find out from those who've worked in the business how the world of tabloid journalism really works. The British press are not happy after Prince Harry on Wednesday released a statement saying he and wife Meghan would be suing the Mail on Sunday for printing a letter from Meghan to her father that her dad had given them to print. In the statement, Harry says while they both believe in media freedom and objective, truthful reporting as a cornerstone of democracy, he also says, unfortunately, his wife has become one of the latest victims of a British tabloid press that wages campaigns against individuals with no thought to the consequences a ruthless campaign that has escalated over the past year throughout her pregnancy and while raising their newborn son. Delivered while the pair are on tour with baby Archie in South Africa, it appeared to break with royal protocol and the Queen's ethos of never complain, never explain. The statement also references Harry's late mum, Princess Diana, saying his deepest fear that this is history repeating itself saying, I lost my mother and now I watch my wife falling victim to the same powerful forces. But former tabloid editor Piers Morgan has hit back at Harry in a column for the Daily Mail, saying the move is a PR failure, especially seeing as the press has been nothing but glowing covering their tour of South Africa, and that their behaviour over the past year has done nothing but bring the criticism on themselves. I think she's been rightly praised and criticised depending on on her behaviour. Some of the behaviour in the last few months of the pair of them has been rankly hypocritical and frankly undeserving of royal status. They deserve the criticism, in my opinion. Harry, compared to Diana, I don't see Meghan Markle as being anywhere near the level of fame of Princess Diana. Morgan also says that from his personal experience as the editor of The Mirror at the time, that Princess Diana would happily collude with the paper when it suited her, just as Meghan happily and regularly colludes with magazines like People and Vogue when it suits her. And this is where the world of tabloid and that of a royal or a celebrity becomes a bit grey. How much of it is paparazzi stalking and lies? How much is it the celebrity wanting the attention? And why aren't there more lawsuits? Marley's cast was known as the tabloid prodigy when she worked for The Globe in the late 90s, early ooze. 
She's written a book about the length they'd go to to get the story. Marlies, first, we'd love to know, how do you source a celeb story in the first instance? We would have a lead sheet and we'd have 24 hours to find out if that lead is true or false. And so let's say that we heard Celebrity A was sleeping with Celebrity B. What we would do is we would reach out to the freelance paparazzi or some of these companies that specialized in photography of the celebrities. And we would send somebody out to see if they could go capture an image. But generally, everything that we wrote or when I was there, it had to be fact-checked. We had to have documentation. We had to have two to three sources on every story, and they had to undergo lie detector tests. So A-listers are notoriously well-protected. To get to them, you know, you've got to go through an army of assistants and security people. How do you even get close to these people in the first place? Well, so when I was there, the goal wasn't to actually get close to the celebrity. The goal was to get close to the people who were close to the celebrity. So that's when you built, and again, back in the day, we had a Rolodex. So it was like your Rolodex or your file of sources. And so they would reach out to us. And oddly enough, a lot of the celebrities would have reached out to us and say, okay, I'm going to be at this restaurant with this new partner holding hands. You can send someone out there to get a shot of it. So it's that staged. Oh, yeah. Some of it was. I mean, we had a few celebrities who, you know, there was a symbiotic relationship where they knew that if they could get back in the limelight, it really would help their career. Sometimes we would offer a buyout if a celebrity was having a wedding. We would offer for the rights for their wedding photos. Sometimes we would offer a payment to get the rights of the first baby photo. And they would say, okay, we'll take the money, but we don't want to make it look like we're a part of it. And so you could do maybe a shot of them with the pram coming out of their house and then you could get the shot. But we knew where they were going to be and they would get paid for it. So you mentioned your job wasn't necessarily about getting close to the celebrity, but getting close to the people who are close to the celebrity. So mm-hmm. how, how do you do that? Where do you start? There's a huge database of sources that are connected to the tabloids in general. So it could be a bartender, it could be a nanny, it could be a housekeeper, it could be somebody in a hospital, a family member, a friend. So I would actually go out and do like the investigative journalism. So I would go into the nightclubs, I would go into the funeral homes, I would go to the wedding chapel, I would actually go to on location and try and get the scoop. While I was there, I would go to the celebrity gym where all the celebrities worked out, you know, and you go to a yoga class, you go running on the treadmill, you would hear gossip and that would turn into a lead sheet. And if we could flip it in 24, 48 hours, then we would have a story. So in your time as a tabloid journo, what kind of money are we talking is changing hands here for a story? So if someone is giving you, say it's a maid or a personal trainer or somebody, how much cash were you giving them for the info? depending on how big the headline, the bigger the paycheck. So while I was there, there were a few times that I recalled, you know, 20, 30, 40 grand changing hands over specific stories. Now imagine that was in 97 to 2001. So I imagine the pool of cash is, is quite a bit bigger. Aussie Kevin Dixon, who's now based in Los Angeles, was an entertainment reporter for The Australian and In Touch, his career spanning 25 years. Kevin, we hear all the time that tabloids get given a picture of a celebrity by a paparazzi and then the journo just makes up a story to suit the pic. Is that true? It's not exactly true. It would be an element of tabloid production. If you get a photo 
of something scandalous, that's its own story. But what the tabloids actually do is a step ahead of that, which is they create a soap opera. They create an unwilling soap opera with the talent, and the talent, nine times out of ten, is not involved in this. But, for example, let's talk about Jennifer Aniston. She is great for soap opera. She came out of Friends, and then people were somehow invested in her private life. So each week, in every tabloid, she was pregnant, dating, seeing Brad again, all these million different things, all of them conflicting with each other, but people just like the soap opera. And they'll stick to their one magazine for the most part. So then you just stick to that narrative that your editor is creating. I didn't really work on that stuff because it's fictional. And my job was to work directly with celebrities to create actual stories, which is the second part of tabloid production. So there are two sides of it. But I would get the photos that were really terrible that they wanted to run. And I would call a publicist and say, we have a photo of your client you know, doing blow or, you know, kissing someone that's not their partner. What do you want to do about it? And then quite often they'll trade you a story to kill that photo. So that's kind of where that works into what I did. It's funny you mentioned Jennifer Aniston and the fact that she's been pregnant about 87,000 times over the past few she's years. She's the most enduring person in she tabloids. She really her, is. And you can write whatever you want for over a decade, well over a decade. But why can you write whatever you want? Why don't tabloids get sued all the time for these stories? I worked at NW for a little while in Australia, and the legal requirements were pretty strong there, which is great, because Australia has really good libel laws. In America, it's a bit trickier, and because legals are very expensive to mount here, what the tabloids do is they'll get someone to be a source. So if you can find someone who claims that they were at the nail salon where Jennifer Aniston told her nail person that she was pregnant, you can do a cover story. And then if Jennifer Aniston bothers to sue you, you can be like, well, we were told by this person at the nail salon, blah, blah, blah. So that's how you get away with it. I was only sued in Australia. I was sued once, but let's not talk about that <laughs> because that was scary. And it was the Church of Scientology. Okay. Um, oh, God. Okay. Right. Yes. But in America, I got sued twice. And each time it was for a non-made up story. It was for someone is cheating on someone else that we had from the girl that the married person was cheating with. She wanted to go on record because, you know, all of a sudden she's not getting what she wants out of her affair. And so the wife in this situation tried to sue me personally um, for the story. But we had confessional audio. We had a full-on on-record interview that we didn't name the person, but we had it. And the case went away quite quickly. It's just very expensive. And for the most part, being in the tabloids just keeps your profile afloat, even if you're a bit past your use-by date, like Aniston might be these days. So it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt her sale price to have her in, you know, us weekly every other week in some fake relationship. I wanted to ask about the relationship between celebrities and tabloids. We mostly hear about how invasive and how untrue things are and how don't believe anything in them. But surely the relationship between tabloids and celebrities is a lot murkier than just the tabloids stalking them for information. There's got to be reverse agreements going on quite a bit, right? A lot of celebrities do work with paparazzi because they can make money. If you don't if you don't book an, a show this week, you can go and stand in your yard in a certain amount of clothing or from a certain design or you can hold a phone and get 20 grand. That's the celebrity driving the story. In my time as an editor, I had so many phone numbers from people calling me directly to set stuff up. You can't get very far with an uncooperative celebrity. Has the paparazzi business changed now that everyone's got a phone in their pocket? 
has that whole industry changed up now that you can catch a celebrity anywhere? You don't necessarily have to stalk them. You could source them from people on the street. Yeah, that's one side of it. But the other side of it is that social media has really allowed celebrities to claim a direct mouthpiece to their fans or to their audience. If you printed a a fake story, the celebrity can count you out as soon as you hit the newsstand. You know, the paparazzi, the big paydays are now way fewer and far between than they used to be. But for the most part, it's because the celebrities themselves can post whatever the whole photo they want, and they can also deny directly to their fan base that your magazine is legitimate. And that's a pretty big thing to overcome. A lot of celebrities now hit back at tabloids through their social media, just like Kevin explained. For example, Sunrise co-host Samantha Armitage took to Instagram to call for her followers to boycott several magazines and newspapers, saying the silliness around my private life in the tabloids right now has reached peak stupidity. The sources quoted are made up. It's rubbish journalism and should be illegal. Some, like actress Rebel Wilson, even go so far as to sue. She received a $4.7 million payout after successfully claiming that articles written about her that she was a serial liar stopped her from getting jobs. The case was then appealed, the court finding she'd failed to prove that the tabloid was responsible for her missing out on roles. Wilson had to pay back the money. But at the end of the day, tabloids will continue to exist for one reason. As long as we, the consumer, continue to demand information about those in the spotlight, someone will continue to provide it, whether Prince Harry likes it or not. That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie. And thanks heaps for the five-star reviews in iTunes, guys, like Kay Dubbin, who simply wrote, I love The Quickie. Thank you, Kay. These help us get into more people's lists and into their ears. So cheers. Cheers.